is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, church. You can all hear me, yeah? Great. So yeah, I'll just quickly introduce myself. I'm Sarah Massey. Uh, I've been part of Woodside for about 20 years now. Um, I was brought up in the Middle East, came here when um, I was about 10 years old, um, with, uh, brought, raised up in a Catholic, my mum's Catholic, and my dad's an atheist, someone who doesn't believe in God. Uh, but I did go to church um, occasionally, and I knew of Christ. Um, and not until I met my husband did I really understand who Christ was um, and I had a relationship with Christ. So my wonderful husband, Joseph, I've been married to him for over 20 years, and we have two beautiful teenage boys, <laughs> um, Seth and Jared. Um, and yeah, so I live here in Great Denham, um, really only a few minutes walk away. So today I am excited uh, to bring you God's Word, and I will continue from the series Lessons from the Wilderness uh, that we've been looking at over the last few weeks. Based on the second book of the Bible, Exodus, where God's people were walking in the wilderness, having escaped slavery, um, and previously mentioned by Connie, this was about two and a half million people that were crossing the desert land. So Moses had it tough. He had a lot of people to deal with. Um, And they weren't now being ruled by a king or a country. Uh, They had this newfound freedom. And only six weeks on from having escaped, they started moaning and groaning and had forgotten what God had just done for them. So Moses was the main leader, and he was getting overburdened. Hudson talked about this last week. Um, and, however, throughout all of this, he did have the privilege of seeing more miracles than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob put together. So Moses puts together uh, the writes about Exodus, and the first part of Exodus is all what God has done for his chosen people. The miracles with the plagues, um, the, the way that he walks through in the desert with them. Um, he doesn't need to, you know, he provides food for them. They are without need for medicines. He is there every step of the way. Uh, and the second part of Exodus, which we're about to come to now, is all about what God wants from his people. So, a few months on, we get to the part where these people all get to a mountain called Sinai, and they camp at the base. Uh, And this is where we're going to start looking at the Ten Commandments. And my title I was given was, Keep Your Distinctives. What does that mean? I had to ask myself that, to be honest with you. It's basically God wanting us to be distinct from other people. He had given us some rules to set us apart from the people around at that time. The Ten Commandments were only some of those rules. There were hundreds of others, actually, some about how to plow the fields, some about what you should eat or what you shouldn't eat. But we're going to look at these Ten Commandments in more detail. The people around them were worshipping other gods, such as Baal. They were doing things that didn't please God, sacrificing children and things like that. So God really wanted to separate them from the other people. I'm going to look at the Old Testament to begin with, and then we're going to move on to the New Testament. So, my talk's about rules, Ten Commandments, rules. So I'm going to play a little game, but I'm going to start with two rules. One is, no shouting out. And number two is, put your hands up if you know the answer. Okay, are we ready? 
Okay, oh, this is, you're too fast, you're too fast. <laughs> That's not the question. Okay, so, um, question number one is, um, let's find it. Do not have other gods beside me is which of the Ten Commandments? So out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, it says, do not have other gods beside me is which of the Ten Commandments? Put your hands up if you know it. Participation's needed here. Yes, go for it. No, let's go again. No, yes. Yay, round of applause, round of applause. It's the first one. Excellent. <laughs> Super. Okay. God wrote down the commandments using his fingers on how many stone tablets? Yes. Yay. Two. You know, well done. <laughs> Last question. How many days, this is the hardest one, how many days did Moses take to come down Mount Sinai with these commandments? How many days? Amazing. Ensign, well done. Fabulous. Round of applause. <laughs> Good. 40 days. He took 40 days to come down with these commandments. So, why did God give us these commandments? Firstly, as mentioned, to set his people apart. And this is where this verse, Grace is ready for it now. Go for it. <laughs> okay. If you carefully listen to me and keep my covenant, my, it's like a strong bond or a promise, you will be my own possessions uh, possession out of all the people. So he's stating that. God's goal is that his kingdom will be seen in history, throughout history, through those lives, the, the people who submit to his rules and his ways. Additionally, he gave us the Ten Commandments uh, to set boundaries for living, okay? Ways to worship God and rules and principles for community living. So let's have a look at these Ten Commandments. I'm going to go really quickly through all of these. First one. Do not have other gods beside me. Um, it's, not, it's saying here not for God to be your main God, but to be your only God. God is self-existing, all-powerful, all-knowing, full of grace and full of mercy. He alone is able to save us from death. Second one, do not make an idol for yourself. Do not make a visible representation of an invisible God. It, this isn't necessary physical statues only. Paul in the New Testament talks about idolatry, and that word is the root word is idol. He talks about things that are idolatry um, that can take you away from God, such as uh, sexual immorality, lust, evil desires, love of money. These are all things that can take us away from God. Number three, do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. I'm sure we may be guilty of this. Things like saying OMG or, you know, Jesus in the middle of a, a curse word. We wouldn't think to use our mother's name in a, in a cuss word, but yet we might well do so using God's holy name, venting frustration. And it's not something that is to be done. He is holy and he is to be revered. Number four. Okay, this is admission. This is my one I really struggle with. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. God made the day, the world, rather, in six days, and then he rested on the seventh day. Why did he rest? Because he was tired? No. Because he wanted to reflect and enjoy all he had done. And he asks us to do the same. God says, just stop and see what I've done for you, but also to rest 
Back in the day, Moses' day, it was, the Sabbath was Saturday. The early Christians changed that to a Sunday. But just to commemorate the rise of uh, raising of Christ. But actually, it doesn't really make a difference which day it is. It is just a day that you need to take apart and give to God and for you to rest. It's away from things that you would normally do in your, your daily routine and your, um, and day, your normal jobs. So I've never really understood why, you know, God only made 24 hours, seven days a week, and then he tells us to take a day out and rest because there's so much to do and there's such little time to do it in. And I'm such a busy person and I keep on rushing around. I, I drive fast, I talk fast, I do everything fast. And then he wants me to rest. I mean, I just don't get this one. Um, when we were newlywed, my husband, I just, you know, he would be like, I would make so many arrangements. We'd go and see family and friends, Essex and Kent and London. And we might come to church, but we'd be out again. So we'd not really give time for God uh, or even really to rest ourselves. You know, working Monday to Friday and then, you know, doing this all busyness throughout the, the, week, the weekend was just not good. And he said, enough. You pick the Saturday or you pick the Sunday, Sarah. And reluctantly I did, but it was wise words. Uh, because without doing this, it leads to exhaustion, and it, doesn't, it takes you away from God, really. Number five, honor your father and mother. So that, this one comes with a promise, so that you may have a longer life in the land. Okay? Um, it's interesting, we had youth, Joe and I were taking youth a, few, a while back, and we asked the youth, if theoretically you had a chance to take out one of these commandments... Which one would you, which one would it be? <laughs> of course, yeah, it was this one. I'm not going to have time to talk about this in depth because with each commandment you could have a whole series. But it's just to say, God knows what he's talking about, so let's just trust him. <laughs> okay, number six, do not murder. It doesn't actually say don't kill. The Bible does actually, the scriptures authorizes killing in self-defense. It talks about murder, which is unauthorized killing. That's premeditated or not premeditated. What I mean by that is premeditated, you've thought about it before you've done it. So things like suicide, abortion, fatal you know, uh, violence that's going to go in and lead to death. Unpremeditated, maybe that you do end up in a fight and, and in the rage of it all, in the moment, you may end up killing somebody by punching them too hard. That, that is not gone out to intentionally do it, but it's happened, and that's murder as well. Okay, moving on. Do not commit adultery. Now, this is a common pitfall, and God asks us to be faithful in marriage. Um, and for those uh, youth that are in the room. I'm sure that you have uh, school talks about the topic of sex education, but what they don't really talk about is um, that sex is a gift from God and it's not to be misused. If you look at sex uh, as a fire and marriage as the fireplace, okay, if we keep to those boundaries, of the fireplace, then it's safe. If we let it escape, the house will burn in the same way um, of keeping sex within marriage. Okay. Number eight, do not steal. This is not just taking material things from someone. It could be something like um, taking, draining someone of their emotions or taking so much time from someone. 
It's taking something without really their permission. It could be stealing someone from praise from someone, actually, when it's gone to somebody else, but you've taken that glory. Stealing can actually be an act of omission, which means if we don't do something, such as if we don't tithe, we're actually stealing from God. If we don't pay our taxes, we're actually stealing from the government. If, let's say, we go to a shop and the cashier asks you for five pounds, and you know it should actually be ten pounds, and you don't say anything, you know, you're actually stealing from the retailer. So, just let's uh, think of it just a bit wider in that kind of context. Number nine, do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Essentially, don't lie. Words do harm. In Proverbs, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Many people may intentionally or unintentionally cut us down. Imagine you were recorded after you left here. Everything you said. Would you be happy to come here next week up front on the stage and record it back to everyone, listen back to it? What sort of conversations would be coming out of your mouth? Any gossiping? Any bad words about family or work colleagues or things like that. Just be, be, be weary of what we comes out of our mouth. Because lying is the action of the devil, and he's the chief of deception. But as Christians, in contrast, we are to speak the truth in love. Our words are to build people up and not to crush them down. I saw a slide... Uh, We've moved on quite a few slides from here. Um, but uh, it had the words, which I'm about to say. And actually, the words were, um, it had, had images on them. It had uh, the symbols of Snapchat and Facebook and Twitter and all that. And actually, it reminded me, it's not just the, fa- the words we say face-to-face, but it was words on social media, on the platforms that, um, that we are using more and more these days. So sometimes it's, it's easier to slag someone off, actually, when you're online and just you know, texting or doing that, but equally can be damaging, and we have to rise above it. So we need to watch our words, whether it be verbally or written. Okay. And the last one, do not covet, which means don't envy anyone. Your neighbor, your, your the stranger, the person you don't really know well, don't think, wow, I want to be like that person. Don't compare yourself to that person. You don't know You're only seeing something in parts. You might think they've got the best, you know, they've got it all. But in in reality, that is not the truth. Okay? So don't be so jealous either with your neighbor or with their possessions. Be content with what God has given you. And he knows what's good for you, so let's just trust in him. So that was a whistle-stop tour of the Ten Commandments. And that sets us with boundaries for living. But these laws were really only the minimum standard expected from God. Why minimum? Because Jesus comes along uh, in the New Testament, and he also gives us laws to be distinct from other people. But he goes a step further, and he talks about the heart being really what's really important. I'll take two of those commandments and what Jesus said. It says, you have heard that the laws of Moses do not, it says, do not murder. If you commit murder, 
you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Yeah? You don't even have to physically murder or abuse somebody. It's even the emotion that gets that judgment. That's pretty severe. Jesus also says, you don't even have to commit adultery. But everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with his heart. So Jesus takes it that bit further and says, not only actions, but it's your heart's desire. In Britain, in 2017, they did a survey. And uh, they they asked people, what do you think is the, the most important and the least important commandment? And the least important commandment was the number fourth one about keeping the Sabbath day holy. And the most important in everyone's in Britain's public that they, they uh, surveyed, said, it's do not commit murder. I'm going to play that game again. Hands up. Which one do you think is the most important commandment? Yes. Yes. Well done. Yes. <laughs> Number one. Jesus says. Jesus says. Let's have a look and see what he says. Um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And we have the slides. Uh, can we go and find a slide? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the laws and the prophets. So let's recap why God gave us these commandments. To set his people apart, to give boundaries for living, and lastly, to reveal the glory of God. There's a massive difference between us as humans and God, the holy God. In verse 19 of Exodus, it says, God revealed his presence on the mountain, and all the people shuddered around the camp area. With with his arrival, there was lightning, and there was a cloud, a darkened cloud, and there was deafening trumpet sounds, and it was... There was some massive presence. He was there. God gave them instructions. Do not get too close because you will die. Only Moses was allowed up. The people were terrified. And the fear of the Lord is an important characteristic in God's people, leading them to a life, to live of obedience, and making them distinct from others. They They can shine that light to those around I'm going to read the the following uh, verse where actually Moses comes down the mountain. And again, it says the same sort of thing. It says there was thunder and lightning and the same sounds and the trumpet sound all happened as Moses comes down with these commandments. And the people were so afraid. But Moses says to them, do not be afraid. (laughs) I'll say this one, I'll say it slow. Do not be afraid. Um, it says, for God has come to test you so that you will fear him, fear him and will not sin. I'll just repeat that again. I do have a slide. I don't know if it's up on there. Yeah. Don't be afraid for God has come to test you. Okay. So that you will fear him and not sin. So how is he saying, don't be afraid. And then he's saying, fear him at the same time. We've got to understand what the word fear means. 
It doesn't actually mean to sit there trembling in your feet, but it's to actually acknowledge him and his greatness and, how, and just to be holding him in really high esteem. It's a bit like electricity. We can't see electricity, but we know it's there. We know its benefits. You mix electricity with water, it's going to go wrong. So in the same way, we, where we want uh, electricity, if you treat it with respect, it's going to shine your light. If you don't and you mess with it, it will burn. In the same essence with God. We've got to respect God. And the commandments are all centered around respect. Respecting his name, his special day, people, the family. Society is all centered on respect for each other. We've got to respect people's differences. And if we don't, things can lead to chaos. It doesn't mean that we have to agree with everyone. But it means that we need to learn to disagree without being disagreeable. Repeatedly in the Old Testament, people would just forget these laws. Uh, and they would break them time and time again. So you may ask yourself, well, well why did God make them so hard in the first place? If you knew that, that people were just going to mess up. Well, it's interesting because I think whatever law he would have given us, we would have just messed up. If you look back in, I mean, Ensign talked about my whole preaching, what he said at the, time, in the front there. Um, you know, Adam and Eve, he gave them one commandment, don't eat from this tree. And yet, Eve thought she knew better, and she messed up. So, rules are there, but God knew that we wouldn't keep them. And um, really, these commandments are just there so that we can also see that however hard we try, we just can never quite get to what God wants of us. Therefore, we fall short of what God wants. And this means that we are sinners. That's where the word comes from. And the Bible describes the wages of sin, so this is your penalty for sin, is known as death. And so that's where we're heading. That's bleak. But no, it doesn't end there, because we've got good news. Fortunately, God knew from the start, and Jesus was the answer from the beginning. The Old Testament was all about God's promise and how he would destroy death. And in the New Testament, he shows us exactly how he did it, and that's through the Gospels. And the Gospel, it, it, the name of the Gospel means good news. The good news of what? The good news that we will not die for our wrongdoings, because somebody, Jesus, God's Son, who is the only perfect person who came and, ab and abided by these laws, had sacrificed himself for all of mankind. And he has now, with his blood, made a new covenant and taken away the old. Amen. If we accept Jesus died, died for us, and if we repent to God and say sorry to God for our wrongdoing and try to turn away, Jesus, uh, God promises that he will fill us with the Spirit and with everlasting life. Imagine you're on an airplane. Someone is forcing you to jump. I'm sure you're going to have fear rising up within you. No. But you're like, hang on, give me a parachute. So someone gives you a parachute. And you grab that parachute, put it on. That parachute's going to save your life. That parachute is Jesus. That fear, now you've taken hold of, and you put that parachute on, is that healthy fear. Okay, because you've now known, you've stepped out, taken that parachute. And God promises that if you've taken that parachute of Jesus, okay, he will forgive you of your sins and you'll be called 
into his kingdom and be known as his children. This is a message of grace. Essentially, he has given us Jesus, his son, for us, for no reason. Not because of anything we've done or deserved. And it's nothing that we've, we've earned. He's just given that to us. And that is, me, that is grace. So with knowing this, isn't it only right that we show our gratitude to God by doing what he actually wants of us? Isn't it only right that you forgive people who wronged you just as God forgave you and gave you a second chance? Isn't it only right that you help a friend in need without wanting something back? Just as God really gave you a gift. Jesus says we are not to judge. He says, do not judge so that you will not be judged. We are not here to hate, to speak ill of, or to make other people feel badly of who they are. Instead, Jesus says, I'm going to give you a new command. You need to love one another. In the same way I loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples, when they see the love you have for each other. So this is how Jesus calls us to be distinct from everyone around us, by the love that he's shown to us that we are to reflect in our lives. In the previous sermons that we've been listening to up to this point, um, Connie, a few people have given us examples. So Connie talked about being compassionate. Tox talks about being thankful instead of grumbling. Felix talked about how we can help each other in prayer um, for one another. Hudson mentioned that as a body of Christ, we have different talents and we don't have to carry things on our, you know, all on our shoulders and we can share the load. So Jesus has come and told us, to help each other out in this way and to help others around us. If Jesus were to come down now, what things may he be talking and telling you that might need changing in your life? Are there any of these commandments that maybe you're struggling with? Tempted to cheat an exam? Commandment eight, don't steal, don't take credit for something that's not yours. Tempted to gossip about somebody behind their back? Commandment 9. Let's just stop and think about our actions, our words, our inner thoughts. And try to remember that we are actually ambassadors for Christ here on earth. I want you to start um, to think in a minute and pray um, as we're about to put a music worship song on. Um, about two things specifically. Have time with God now, uh, between you and God, about asking him for one thing you can do to be more like Jesus and the ambassador he wants us to be. And one thing that you need to stop doing that's taking you away and doesn't please God. From a, coming from that Catholic background that I talked to you about, um, I would sometimes go to a priest and uh, have to do confessionals and ask for forgiveness, and say a few Hail Marys. And, but I now know that that's not what we have to do. We can go straight to God. And uh, that in itself is an amazing thing. That whole uniqueness about a relationship with God is also central to Christianity. 
um, we can go directly to God, our Father, with no need for sacrifices, no need for an appointment, 24-7. He is there, available for us, and we can talk to him at any time. But in a minute, I just want you to have time now to reflect, because sometimes we don't do this enough, about what isn't going well in our life, what we can do to change um, the things that don't, doesn't please God. If you want to stand, kneel, sit, whatever you want to do, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to surrender your, your, yourself to God and have time to just now ask for forgiveness and ways that we can reflect his light more in this world. If you haven't taken the parachute, you haven't given your trust in Jesus, then maybe you want to just take this time out to ask yourself why. Is there a particular part of this message that you don't understand or you don't agree with? I'm here at the end, Hudson here as well. So if you have any questions, please feel free to um, come and talk to us. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep the love of Christ is. With this understanding, as God's people, we can serve our community out of the overflow of this love. Help us to be distinct and set apart. If God's been talking to you about anything specifically, I'd really encourage you to go home and write it down or put it down on your phone and have a think about it throughout the next few weeks and months ahead. Um, If you just had time there to just close your eyes and have a snooze, so that's fine as well. Hope you feel just refreshed and and may you have a good um, day ahead of you. I'm just going to uh, leave you with a summary of the Ten Commandments. It should be up on the screen, but it's to why, why God gave them to us for those three reasons, to set us apart, to set boundaries for living, and to reveal his, king, his glory and holiness. But Jesus came with the command to love one another as he loved us. So what we can do for, for showing that love to all around us is the question we go home with. Thank you for your time. listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.